From WHYY and BillyPenn.com, this is Hitting Season. Hey there, podcast pals. I'm your host, John Stolness from The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, Bryce Harper, shockingly, incredibly, amazingly, is back. <gasps> After missing just yes. one... I know this. Did you know? Did you hear? I did. I actually wrote the story on Yahoo Sports today. Oh, I'm glad they gave it to somebody who's in the know. That's good. That was I smart of Yahoo Sports. I actually just took it literally maybe a half hour before the news broke thinking i think this is about to happen and, <laughs> and it i did. was right <laughs> we're gonna talk all about bryce harper coming back to the phillies way ahead of schedule with his tommy john surgery and what it means to this phillies team and the lineup will also talk about the series in houston that wrapped up over the weekend and uh this series against the dodgers in los angeles uh, not the same kind of dodgers team we're used to seeing and also uh we'll take a look back at uh, some of the stuff that we saw in april that we uh, thought may have been of note for everybody so lots to get to here on this episode of the podcast and of course liz rocher from yahoo sports joining me uh to talk about all these different things liz how are you I am doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic, John. The news today was exactly what we all needed. Still so much earlier than we all thought. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. my lord. Well, it's just, it's ridiculous. 160 days from the operating table back to the starting lineup for, for Bryce Harper. And so we're going to jump into the Bryce Harper stuff in just a second. But I, I do want to remind everybody first uh, just about the Hit and Season tailgate uh, that's coming up this Saturday afternoon at Citizens Bank Park in the Jetro lot. Um You'll be able to find us there. We'll be playing uh, Philly's Quizzo. Uh, we'll be uh, doing all kinds of fun stuff there with uh, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Cornhole. I can't remember what the game was called. I mean, we've got some cornhole out there. We'll have beer from Evil Genius Beer, hoagies from the brand new Nipotina in South Philly, pizza from Slice Pizzeria. We'll be at Lot MN in the Jetro lot. So make sure you come on by before the Phillies take on the Red Sox this Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday night, even if. You're not, you don't have tickets to the game. Make sure you get tickets to this free event. And uh, we've already got a bunch of people who've signed up. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. So make sure you come on out. It's our first ever Hit and Season tailgate. So we are super excited about yes. that. We would love um, to meet you. Some of we you really have been would. fans for a long time. Some of you are new fans. We want to meet all of you. We really do. And, um, for you know, so many of you we interact with on Twitter all the time. And I, we know that there's a there's a lot of you listening that we've never interacted with. A lot of you listening are not as online as we are. And so even if you don't have tickets to the Congratulations game. Congratulations to all of you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Even if you don't have tickets to the game against the Red Sox, you can still come and hang out with us. Just make sure you go to my timeline at John Stolness or Liz Rocher's timeline at Liz Rocher. Uh, there's where you will find the Eventbrite link that you can uh, get the tickets. They are are free and we got you know free beer free hoagies free pizza we'll be playing philly What's trivia quizzo it's good times it's good times it's gonna be a great time so make sure you come on out all right let's get back to the bryce harper news here and after meeting with dr ella Trache in los angeles on monday ahead of the phillies game against the dodgers bryce harper has officially astonishingly <laughs> be, been cleared to return to action as a designated hitter he's going to be a dh only, kind of like he was at the end of last season, to start. We all know he's been taking grounders at first base, so we know that that could be on the way at some point. But for right now, and probably for the next month or two, he will be a DH only. 
but it's still a remarkable recovery, the fastest anyone has ever recovered from Tommy John surgery and gotten back to playing Major League Baseball. It, it, it's astonishing the, the speed with which Bryce Harper has come back. When this injury first happened, uh, and Liz, and the surgery happened uh, in, I think it was actually late November. Yeah, November uh, 29th at, was the day he had surgery. Right, because I remember there was a little bit of consternation about how long it took after the season was over because there was the concern he wouldn't be back until we, and the team had been saying, the All-Star break. (laughs) Yeah, and and when we, go ahead. I'll be honest, John. When you said originally, months ago, May 15th, I won't lie, I thought you were nuts. (laughs) I thought you were insane. I, I remember thinking, I'm going to I'm going to soft shoe it here, but I think mm-hmm. that's bonkers because yeah. it takes it takes guys for it takes pitchers a year, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, position players is a different story. And Bryce Harper obviously is I don't know. Is he an alien in my in my newser on be. the Harper News? I called it. I called him a baseball super robot. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be he's 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 um he's a, a metahuman. I, I think that's that's a possibility. Um, yes. you know, he. I think that's. I think I don't think we can discount that automatically here. It's Is just Spider Man. Like these Spider-Man. are all things we need to investigate. <laughs> I think so. I think so. We need to make, make we need to track these different kinds of things down. It's incredible. And, you know, credit to the surgeons and doctors who are getting better at this surgery oh, the yeah. more they do it. And I think that's something. I, I think there have been players. Scott Lauber wrote this up today for the Inquirer, and he had a couple of really interesting notes on this. Uh, he noted that back in 2020, uh, former Phillies athletic trainer Scott Sheridan contributed to a Rothman Orthopedic Institute study for the American Journal of Sports Medicine. And it was looking at the rate of return from Tommy John surgery among position players, not pitchers but position players and they looked at 141 ligament reconstructions on 137 players from 2010 to 2018 on average players began swinging a bat 150 days after (laughs) surgery okay bryce harper's returning back to the lineup 160 days after the injury after the surgery like what's happening like well Everyone will get their chance to play armchair doctor when he, you know, doesn't get a hit for a month or whatever, whatever's going to happen. But for him to be there and be swinging the bat with the guys, which is clearly what he needs, what he needs in his life to Mm -hmm. feel human. (laughs) He needs this. Um, uh, It's it's going to be good for him. I think it's going to be good for everyone. You know, if if the the king of Tommy John surgery you know said you are good to go like you don't I I don't have any argument I don't have any concern that they're moving him too fast that you know someone is lying you know to make Harper come quicker you know come back quicker but you know I would normally but like this seems all legit which is just bonkers yeah, well, I mean, the last thing that he needed to clear, the last hurdle, was sliding head first. And when he went to see Dr. Elatrache uh, in L.A. here on Monday, that was th- that was the thing that they ne- that he needed to get cleared for, and he did. Um, it, it, it's really just incredible the fact that you know, again, a position player, he's not going to throw for a long time. And when you're talking about Tommy John surgery, it's that's a full the big issue. UCL, just to say, it's a full UCL reconstruction, uh, the ulnar collateral ligament in the right. elbow. 
uh, which can get worn right. and torn or completely separated in the course of, you know, a human arm throwing a baseball between 90 and 100 miles per hour, which is, was not built to do. So that's no, the why human arm was not meant is, to do that. Yeah. No, which is why, like, this type of quick recovery is so incredible because it's it's an intense injury. It's an intense surgery. And it's been bothering Bryce Harper for, what, a couple of years now? Yeah, and I finally got to the breaking point last year where he just he just couldn't throw anymore. But you mentioned a second ago that you weren't concerned that Harper is returning too quickly. I know that thought is out there, but I don't have that concern from a health standpoint either. Dr. Elatrache is the foremost surgeon when it comes to performing this type of surgery. And Scott Boris, as we saw with the king, absolutely the undisputed king of this particular procedure. And... Scott Boris is notorious for making sure that his players don't push things too fast. We saw that with the Andrew Painter injury, how it took them four or five days to get a second diagnosis because they wanted him to go see Dr. Ella Trache. So this is the guy who you want clearing your players. And if he yeah. says that Bryce Harper cannot rupture the, the, the surgery, cannot rupture the tendon by sliding head first. If he says that Bryce Harper is ready to go physically, then from a physical and from a health standpoint, I don't think there is anything anyone should be concerned about here. There's no way they would clear him if they thought it was a risky proposition. Yes, I completely agree. I mean, I like I said, I don't have any concern because it's not like... My concern always rests with players self-clearing mm-hmm. and say, no, I'm yeah. fine. I'm good to go. Like yeah. that, that in that way, danger lies because yep. players, they want nothing more than to be out there all the time playing. Doesn't yeah. matter how hard they are or in how much pain they are. They want to play. And I, Bryce Harper for me is a player that I assume is just constantly ignoring nagging injuries because it's, that's yep. the life of a ball player. Right. And so if this was just like, hey, guys, I'm good to go. Let's do it. We should all be concerned. But this is the owner of the Phillies who is spending an ungodly amount of money on Bryce Harper, his Mm -hmm. own agent, you know, the the manager, you know, it's everyone together saying this is he's good to go. So let's let's do this instead of being overly cautious. You know, why not just trust trust what we see, which I, I appreciate. Yeah. They could be continually overly cautious. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's a 21-year-old anymore. He understands. Well, right. Yeah, he understands how to use his body in a way that's going to help him. He's going to wear pads when he when he's batting, which is good. You know, he'll be running the bases, which will be scary for all of us. Let's all just admit mm-hmm. it now. We're all going to be yeah. frightened when he does it. We just have right, to. But, we just we just have to accept. But it. we really, but we really shouldn't be because the again the doctor who performed the surgery said there's no problem here. He's not he's not at risk of hurting it, and so there shouldn't be any worries about him getting hurt again. And if they are, it's not because he came back too fast. It's just because it will have been something freaky and something something crazy happening or or whatever. But you know, it's if Doctor Elatrache says he's good to go physically. There has to be a reason for that. I know Scott Boris said back in December that their experience was that Harper had super healing qualities. Um, which <laughs> he's literally a member of the Avengers. I guess there's, or the, I guess the X Men. I don't know. I'm not a comics person. 
<laughs> right. No, I, but the, yeah, the metahumans, I think, are the DC universe. That's what they call them. <laughs> and I don't know what the, in Marvel, they just are, you know, they're heroes or whatever. And Mar- Avengers, whatever. Anyway, um, you know, I <laughs> think, I think, we, yeah, exactly. I, I think with Harper here, some people, it's proof that certain people's bodies are just made differently. And when I made the May 15th prediction, it was only once Rob Thompson had started talking about the fact that if he was physically cleared to play, he'd be in the starting, he, like he could, like he could hit right now is what, is what Rob Thompson was saying. Like this was a month ago, Rob Thompson was saying Bryce Harper's ready to hit in the lineup right now. Like he's doing all of the things in, 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 you know, these live batting practice drills and these simulated games that he could play in a game right now. I hear that and I'm looking and it's like April 15th, April 13th or whatever. And with the way they were ramping him up and all the different ways that they were talking about him, I just kept saying to myself, they wouldn't be saying these things. They wouldn't be pushing these kinds of things if they didn't think the timetable had radically sped up. And if he's already, and they were they were already saying he's not going to play any rehab games. He's not going to go on a minor, lag, a minor league rehab assignment. We can talk about that in a second too. But the fact that they weren't going to have him do a minor league rehab assignment says essentially... He's going to be, once he gets the physical clearing to go, he's going to go. He's going to be in the major league lineup. And that's kind of why I came up with May 15th. But I really did think that, you know, they might send him to a minor league rehab assignment. I didn't know that he had a May 1st appointment and that that could be the time to get cleared. I'm, I'm as astonished as everyone that. else. They no. had this planned because they, they were coming to LA now. They had mm. this planned out, which is like, again, mind blowing. Yeah, that they're yeah. just like it's, you know what? Let's just let's just book the appointment. Let's just make sure he's not doing surgery at that time. Let's just make sure he's free, just in case you are Wolverine. Yes, know? that's right. Yeah. Well, Bryce Harper was telling reporters before the game that he had circled this series in the off season to give himself a goal in his head of when to return. So again, you know, Harper is slated to rejoin the lineup on Tuesday. They didn't want to play him on Monday night in the series opener against the Dodgers just because it's kind of a crazy day, you know, going to the doctor and, you know, posting on Instagram that you've beaten every estimate by two and a half months that you were going to return from Tommy John surgery. It's an exhausting day, a little bit tiring. You know, you Mm. need a day to recoup. So they're going to start him on Tuesday night and put him in the starting lineup. And my guess is he's going to hit three in the starting lineup and it's going to be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. One of the things they were doing over these last few weeks, Liz, is he was doing obviously a lot of live batting practice against live pitching, but they also have this machine, this pitching machine that simulates major league pitchers. And I saw a little bit of this thing. It's crazy. It's like a video of a, of a major league pitcher getting ready to wind up and they have pitchers, I think, you know, all different kinds of pitchers they can simulate. And the ball comes out of the arm slot, the hand slot and fires at real speed so that it really does look like you're get you're facing uh, major league pitching. And the Phillies are actually really relying on this as a tool to, to say that Bryce Harper doesn't need to have a, a minor league rehab assignment or at least some some minor league games under his belt to get his flow going and I guess I guess Liz will see whether or not they're right or wrong about this but are you how how do you feel about the idea of him just jumping right into the major league lineup are you concerned about rust how long do you think it'll take for him to kind of get get on his feet I think it will take some time for him to get on his feet. I mean, maybe it won't. He's proved all of us wrong about literally everything up until this point. But, you know, it will probably take him a little bit to get on his feet. But I don't think that means that 
he shouldn't, you know, he, he shouldn't have done, you know, or he should have done mm-hmm. a, a minor league rehab assignment. Like, th- this is what your this is what the Phillies are paying, you know, what, $26 million a year, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, for mm-hmm. like, this is why you, you give him the big bucks, because he is yeah. a freak of nature. And beyond that, he, he stayed with the Phillies. He didn't do any rehab at the, uh, at the, uh, at their facility in Florida, he stayed with the team. And so his entire injury has been managed by the big league medical staff, which I also think was a very wise idea beyond keeping his head in the game. You know, you want the big league medical staff to be handling you because they look at the players every day. So they're going to look at him every day. Mm-hmm. So I, this is, this is why you sign him. You trust him. And yeah. with this incredible machine, like it sounds it's really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. It sounds like it's something that should have been evident to everybody, but like we just didn't have the technology to build it yet. And it's, it's hopefully it'll be what he needs. Like, yeah, he'll he will be in the lineup whether he hits or not. So let's just all accept that it'll probably take him some time to get back to normal. But no matter how long it takes, he is Bryce Harper. We know what he can do. We know that his ceiling is essentially limitless. Yeah, it is. It's limitless. It's it's limitless. Whatever he sets his mind to, he seems to be able to do. So I'm willing to trust him this far. And I'll trust him through the end of the season because, you know, that's what we all signed up for when we became fans Mm -hmm. of this team from birth. (laughs) Yep, that's right. And so... Harper will return to a lineup that has all the Phillies daycare guys continuing to smoke the ball. Castellanos is having a great season. Schwarber is starting to heat up. Real Muto is starting to heat up. His numbers over the last week have been much, much better. And they're getting all kinds of production from guys like Cody Clemens and uh, Mundo Sosa. I mean, (laughs) what got into him playing in Texas, I guess? It's incredible, but um, somebody will have to be sent down to the minors, and it'll probably, I would guess, be Jake Cave because he bats left-handed, um, and you just kind of have a redundancy there in the outfield. That'd be my guess, but I don't think just called up Dalton Guthrie because Christian Pache was out. I think you need Guthrie up in the up in the majors because he can play some center field. Um, but I think the lineup right now is going to, when Harper comes back, and this is my shot, this is my best guess at a lineup, and you know, let me know if you'd move anybody around here, but I got, I'm going to continue to keep Bryson Stott in the leadoff spot. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to bat Trey Turner too, even though I know he's struggling and we can get to some of that in just a second. I'll hit Harper third, Castellanos fourth. I feel good about Castellanos in the cleanup spot, Mm. which I didn't think I would. Kyle Schwarber five, Real Muto six, Brandon Marsh, who is like third in major league baseball and OPS. I have hitting (laughs) all the way down at number seven. I have Alec Bohm at eight and then Edmundo Sosa, at number nine. I mean, Alec that's, that's Bohm a- at eight. Like, I, I've what what could I possibly do to that lineup other than be like, hey, it's Alec Bohm hitting eighth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, you that's could excellent. The only thing I considered was moving Marsh and Bohm ahead of Schwarber and Real Muto, but I don't. I just That's don't think you I can thought, do that. But no, like again, it's about trusting the guys that you have, and you know that Real Muto and Schwarber are going to contribute. Like and yeah. you, like you said, Real Muto looks like he's starting to get hot, and Schwarber is looking like he is getting less cold somewhat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless, you you need him, you need them to be where they are in the lineup, and you know 
Thompson hopefully will be a little flexible if things don't change soon. But I think we all have confidence that the guys who are there are going to, at one point during the season, hit to the best of their ability. We just have to wait for it. Uh, and I think they've been hitting really well, actually, oh, yeah. over the last... Th- they've won four straight series now, and in, and in these four series wins, I think the offense has really found some consistency. They are hitting some long balls, a little bit more, long, a few more home runs than they had been. Um, and I think the, the, the team as a whole is is doing a little bit better, getting a few more hits with runners in scoring position, but certainly scoring enough most nights to, to win ball games. And so doing it against some good pitchers, and we're going to talk about that with the Astros series here in just a second. But um, the league MVP, two-time league MVP, Bryce Harper, their MVP, the guy who stirs the drink. And the guy who, the, the other thing about this is that he has been with the team the entire time that he has been trying to come back from this, which is, yeah. which is a little bit strange. You know, that's not how it usually is done, but it's just, it's very cool. I think he's known this whole time that he would be with them sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I, <coughs> I think it's a really great idea. Like I said, I think it's a great idea that he spent the whole mm-hmm. time with the club. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's where he thrives. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I feel like, Bryce Harper with his Tommy John surgery this season and the playoffs going for so long, being in the World Series. And then with the surgery, I feel like he is not exited baseball mode. Like maybe for a little bit, maybe for like a couple of weeks, but that's it because he Mm -hmm. has been like the entire time because he's he's had to plan all of this. He had to know the benchmarks he he needed to meet. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. it was nothing but good because I think it kept him on task. He didn't lose sight of his goal, which was I need to be out there as soon as possible because without Reese Hoskins, they need me. Yeah, and they do, and they do need him back, and it's going to be yes. an incredible lift for this team. Mm. Don't underestimate the emotional impact that him returning to the lineup will have. It's just it's just awesome news. Way better, way better news than we could have ever expected with Bryce Harper coming back. Just absolutely. Fantastic. Credit to the Phillies training staff, to Harper, Ella Trache, everybody else to get this guy. He missed a month of the season after undergoing <laughs> Tommy John surgery. It's just even even for a even for a position player, it's still unbelievable that that this is happening. So um, he'll get back in the lineup starting on Tuesday and uh, we will see how, if, how much rust he needs to shake off or if he just comes in and uh, that that pitcher machine uh, really did the trick and he's he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, one other piece of injury news to pass along Christian Pache who had been just done a 180 had become Aww. just such a productive player in the last few weeks yes uh, he un- he's just what a great story and what a great job again by Kevin Long to, to find something in this guy to 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 fix and to relay instruction to someone who had never really been able to fix his problems before and I don't know if it's as easy as flipping on a light switch, but he seemed to do it with Pache in the last couple of weeks. Pache, as we all remember in the Houston series, um, twisted his knee, tore the meniscus in his knee, and uh, he underwent a right knee lateral meniscectomy uh, in Philadelphia. But the timeline for him to recover is four to six weeks. So there was... Yes, so there was some wow. worry that it would that it would be a a months long proposition, but it sounds like he'll just be out four to six weeks now, which is great news for him and good news for the team because I really think he was he had found a good role with the with the Phillies at this point. So 
Yeah, I was I was heartbroken for him because I I thought this was going to be a season ending injury, <laughs> but yeah. I'm like delighted to find out that he'll get a chance to come back because it did seem like he was he was starting to thrive. I know um, I'm trying to remember where I read this, but you know he had a couple of Phillies players like come over and you know wish him well and say I'm sorry this is happening. You know we'll be here when you get back. You know, he said he'd never experienced that type of support from teammates before, which yep. also broke my heart. I know. The A's make- are a trash fire. Just fold <laughs> them. Fold them. This 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 poor baseball child just needed yeah. a little bit of direction. And the A's were like, I'm sorry, we're too busy moving to Las Vegas to give a crap. Yeah, I mean that, and but it also speaks to the Phillies' winning culture that Bryce oh, Harper yeah. and and Kyle Schwarber are giving this guy a hug and telling him there's a place for him when he comes back and to, and to get back soon and all that kind of stuff. That has to make a young guy like that who has struggled his entire career offensively, who probably has never felt like he's fit in because of that. And you know, he was a top prospect with lots of expectations heaped upon his shoulders. To to have that kind of support after such a short time, it just kind of it's a winning culture kind of thing. That that the Phillies have. And um, I, I think that was evident by the way those two guys treated Pache. Completely so, agree. It's That very, was such cool. a nice thing to read uh, and to read about how at home he feels. Just again, makes me feel good about the team mm-hmm. that has been built here. Such a, a wild turnaround from a few years where we were all thinking about, you know, converting to Wiccanism and finding charms to say over the <laughs> Phillies because the energy was so bad. Yeah, it was. It was really bad. It was, it was, they, they had the big loser energy. We talked about it a yes! lot. They had the big loser energy and, you know, some playoff success certainly made that go away. And they overcame the big loser energy and found themselves in the playoffs. And now, even after a rough start here at the start of the season, even though I think a lot of us fans were start of to, starting to think back to early 2022 and maybe we were starting to imprint some of that big loser energy on the team a little bit, maybe getting a little bit too critical or too worried about things. They have turned it around winning their last four series. And that's kind of what we just want to talk about real quickly. Look back at the series in Houston, because even though they lost the game on Sunday night, I think as a whole, the series was nothing but a success. And I wasn't even all that upset about the loss on Sunday night. They played really well on Sunday night. They didn't get a couple of key hits in some situations, but they also hit the ball hard a lot in that game that were turned into outs. Um, I think, you know, the Astros are a good team and they did just enough against the Phillies pitching, but you're going to, you know, you lose a 4-3 game, you know what I mean? It's, you're going to lose some of those games sometimes, but what was really encouraging is that in the first couple games of the series, you had Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler out-duel Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. And in my heart, I'm thinking, why couldn't they have done that in the World Series? Because they, they really did. <laughs> they needed the experience of failure to make us That's all right. feel that that was a mischance <laughs> somehow. That's right. That's right. But I mean, coming into that series, we were concerned about those pitching matchups because Wheeler and Nola had yet to really find themselves this season. And Valdez and Javier had gotten off to really good starts. In this series, Aaron Nola was without his velocity. I mean, he he has he is not throwing quite as hard as he has in years past, but Nola had his best performance of the season against the Astros in the first game of the series, outdueling Framber Valdez, and the Phillies offense hit Valdez harder in this game than they did in their two games or two, their two World Series uh, games against him. Um such a good thing to see from Nola. This is two good starts in a row from him where he's pitched deep. And one of the things that he's talked about, Liz, is that he is pitching with less velocity. And it does, 
he he is going through some things with the pitch timer and trying to get this all to work, this different flow that he has, especially with runners on base. And he's working through it. And I think it's interesting that they're essentially saying we're not as concerned about the velocity right now. And it makes sense because he's always a guy who's relied on movement and command. And if those two things improve with diminished velocity, then I'm on board with not necessarily him needing to throw 95 miles an hour. Yeah, like I remember over the past few years, one of our biggest concerns was he's striking out a ton of guys and he's lasting four and a half innings. You know, he's just not lasting enough time and he's throwing a lot of pitches in an effort to get, you know, guys to strike out. And I think in a way that the, the pitch clock is a blessing for him because it's forcing him to sort of go back to the drawing board and Mm -hmm. remember what about, his, you know, his style, his pitching, his game really worked for him in the past. You know, what is it that got me so close to winning a Cy Young? What was it that got the Phillies to pick me? What what did they see? And I think now he sort of has to go back and reinvent himself. And it's great that he's talking about it a little bit. He is not the most expressive open dude on the Phillies. He will not yeah. tell you anything even when you ask him. Uh, and that's that's just who he is, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm glad that he feels comfortable enough to sort of talk about, yeah, my velocity is down, but even I'm not concerned. Like, I need to figure all of this out, and everything's going to come together as it comes together, which is just such a difference in who Aaron Nola used to be. Mm. Yeah, no, he's very regarded, very, you know, very reluctant to, to say a whole lot, and um, it is good. And I think... I hope he understands that the fans appreciate that, that the fan base appreciates just kind of being let in on the inside a little bit. I think it was the yeah. same thing with Cast- with Castellanos when he talked about what was really bothering him last year and what was going on. It's like, well, we can relate to things like this. You know, we, I, I think Philly fans as a whole, when we get a little bit, when you let us in a little bit, we will generally go with you. You know, and, and Alec Bohm, the same thing happened last year. He kind of yeah. let us in a little bit. We will go with you if you do that. That was like the turning point that for me, if I was still writing on The Good Fight, this is something that I would definitely write about how all those years in the desert sort of turned us into a friendlier, um, it, like a friendlier seems wrong, but a, a more sympathetic <laughs> and empathetic of yeah. fan base. And the Alec Bohm moment was a turning point because uh, the Philadelphia a few years ago might not have done that. Philly fans a few years ago might not have been that way. And I think winning the winning the Super Bowl really helped. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. that actually helped a whole lot sort of dissipate tension. It did. Uh, Yes. So I, I think that everyone is a lot friendlier now and we want to love these players. Like you're yeah. you're on our team, yeah. you're doing well. We want to love you and support you so you can do better. You know, whether every fan admits it or not, that's that's kind of the point of what we do. So yeah. I, I'm I think um, it's... yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that he's sort of embracing that and guys like Castianos are embracing that and we can love all of them more. We don't want to run people out of town. I think no. people get the wrong idea that, you know, Philly fans are running guys out of town, they hate their superstar. And maybe maybe there was a time when we were an angrier fan base. I mean, when I was when I was really growing up watching sports, and I started in the mid to late '80s, and you know, all up until really the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. That 
quarter century stretch where nobody won anything, it was bad. And I think people were just mad all the time. And people, th- there may have been more of an impetus to just say, get this guy out of town. You know, and, and there are there are some guys with whom the fan base still has that sentiment. Aaron Nola is one of them. Reese Hoskins is one of them. I mean, we, we do this, in, or certain segments of the fan base does this. But I think as you as as we saw and as you said, I don't think I don't think Philly sports fans want to run fans out of town. I mean, if we feel that somebody is playing like a bum who's not trying or who's not giving their all or, you know, who who is, you know, not living up to their expectations and doesn't seem to care about that, then that's one thing. And you could say this, you know, I don't want to be bothered by this clown. You know, Ben Simmons is a great example of that. And and there are guys in, in, in all four of these sports that are the same way. But with Alec Bohm, that wasn't the case. You I mean, you could see he was just he was frustrated and he was upset and he he lashed out and then after the game like owned it it's like everybody everybody basically was like i can identify with that i've been there i've said that same thing i've done that same thing i've had an emotional moment in a time of frustration where i lashed out and i didn't really mean it People absolutely all hated i know our jobs exactly where at you're one coming moment. from Exactly. Exactly. So, the to see Aaron Nola open up about some of the uh, some of the struggles, I think helps. It helps take some of the. I, I think it helps take some of the pressure off, and the 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 results were were there uh, in the in the first game of this series. He he absolutely pitched better, and then Zach Wheeler came out in the second game, and shoved against Christian Javier. And Zach Wheeler has been pitching better than his ERA would indicate. He's given up a ton of soft hits this year. The ERA was in the fours, but his fielding independent pitching was in the mid twos. I mean, the, he had been suffering from a lot of bad luck and he, he had a game uh, against the Astros where there was no bad luck. He just, he just was, he just was slamming the ball down people's throats. And, and both these games, the, the, the bullpen guys came in and shut the door and didn't allow the Astros to breathe. So um, it, it, it's very unusual in, in, I was having a, trying to find the last time. And it actually happened in September of last year when Zach Wheeler came back from his injury. But it just feels like we don't see it very often where Nola and Wheeler have back-to-back games where they pitch really well and the Phillies win both games. You know, it, it seems as though with either guy, like one will pitch great, the other will have an off night, or they'll both pitch great, but the Phillies lose one of those two games. You know, the Phillies have had some issues winning Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler starts this year and going back to last year. And it's really fun. This team's a lot of fun when they're playing well, and they're really fun when they're playing well behind their aces, when everything kind of goes to plan. The starting pitchers who are really good pitch that way. The bullpen comes in, shuts them down, and the offense supports them. And that's what we saw in the first two games of the series against the Astros going into to a place where some of these players talked about the fact that it was gonna they were gonna have some feelings about going back to the place where they lost the World Series. Jose Alvarado actually talked about that, um, about coming back to um the Astro Stadium Minute Maid Park and having to sort of remember that World Series losing home run he gave up. And he he talked about it with Matt Gelb about his transformation as a pitcher, not in his arsenal, but with his personality, learning how to be more selfish, um, learning and realizing he's actually very good at moving on from bad moments. You know, he didn't mm, dwell yeah. on it. He sort of owned up to it and said, all right, well, what's next? He knows yeah. he understands the type of pitchers he is. He throws the ball very, very fast in the strike zone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to get beat. And like he has 
like the perfect mentality now for a reliever. And I loved, I loved reading that about him. It's exactly like, um, it's exactly what we just talked about with Aaron Nola, you know, opening yeah. up and letting people in and letting them know like, yeah, I'm lonely sometimes. I really love coffee mm-hmm. and I don't like remembering <laughs> what happened last year in the world series, but it did happen yeah. and I'm a better pitcher now for it. Yeah. No, he's been he's been unbelievable. Some of the stats on on Alvarado this year. Um, where did I have that? Uh, Jose Alvarado. Uh, how many? He's like twenty some odd strikeouts and no walk. I mean, he hasn't walked anybody this year. Twenty four K zero walks over twelve yep. and a third innings pitched. So he's striking out two guys per inning, <laughs> and not walking anybody. Four. He has yet to go to a three zero count this year. No. Yep. And I think he's had like three, three, one counts or two, three and one counts and gotten both guys out. So it's like, it's crazy <laughs> what he's, what he's doing. What a Just delight. crazy. Absolutely. So um, again, not sweating the loss on Sunday night baseball. The, the Phillies finished the month of April and entered the series against the Dodgers. One game over 500 without Bryce Harper after how they started to finish over 500 at 15 and 14, uh, I, I think is a, is a victory right there. And, um, the 272 team batting average was their highest through the end of April since 1984, when they hit 288 as a team in 1984. Uh, the pitching staff has been really good. Paul Boyer noted on on Twitter that the pitching staff has allowed five runs or fewer in 14 straight games <laughs> for just the wow. eighth time in the 2000s. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and the bullpen has been as good as advertised. Gregory Soto has allowed a hit to just one of the last 36 batters he's faced. Uh, we know that Sir Anthony Dominguez has recovered from his struggles in the first week. Jose Alvarado is Jose Alvarado, and Craig Kimbrell has pitched really great oh, yeah. over these last few weeks. So it does seem as though when Ranger Suarez comes back, Liz, that they are going to keep Bailey Falter in the starting rotation and move Matt Strom to the bullpen. No. We talked about that on the last podcast, but that <laughs> does seem to be the plan launch. that they're going to move forward. Can't launch Bailey Falter into a one-way ticket to the bullpen. Come on. What are we doing here? <sighs> I know. I hate this. I, I feel like we have enough good bullpen guys that you could just send Bailey Falter down to AAA and let him be that, you know, that quad A yes. depth and keep Strom. But again, if it's if they're worried about Matt Strom and the innings of being a starter, then I guess I understand it. And they, but they I think they they honestly just love the idea of him coming out of the bullpen every other day and pitching two or three innings every time. And I can see that that would be a weapon. I really can see the, how that would be a weapon. Um, but I, I also think when you've got a guy who's dominating in the rotation, it's hard to take him out. Yeah, let's just hope this is the time, finally, after how many years they've been trying to do this, uh, that this is the time right. that it finally works. Like I said, I think on Friday, yeah. last time they tried this with was Mark Leiter Jr., like, bad. Bad. It was yeah. not good. It, they like Matt Strom better than they like him, which is good. And he's and, and Strom is better. I mean, he's got way more. But he's got his pitches are way better. He's got. Oh, yeah. He's lefty for one thing. So, I mean, I think it'll work. He, he yeah. certainly looks like he's 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 that guy. Um, and Strom has so. said that he doesn't care where he pitches. He's like, put right, me in right. wherever. Tell me how long you want me to pitch. I don't care. I'll just do it. So right. I'm. Maybe we're making a bigger deal of this than it has to be. But, you know, you have a guy that's doing really well the starting rotation. Why would you just mess yeah. with that? Why? 
I don't know. I don't know, but they're going to do that. So that's the plan. When Ranger Suarez comes back, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, by the way, it is crazy. Bryce Harper got back before Ranger Suarez. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that's just something else to throw Nuts. out there. <laughs> um, real quick, before we, uh, before we get to our, our last thing, Trey Turner, um, really is having a tough time right now. He struck out uh, the the first game of the Dodger series is kind of underway as we're recording this, and he struck out in his first at bat. So now six for his last 43. Uh, that's a 140 batting average, I believe it is, um, in his last 43 plate appearances. Uh, 15 strikeouts now in his last 15 games. Um, really struggling with high fastballs. The t- teams, are, teams are getting him up in the zone right now, and he's having a hard time. Rob Thompson talked about uh, may, they're approaching him about whether he wanted to take a day off on Sunday night and just kind of relax. And he said, no, I don't want to do that. I think I'm going to get out of my slump by playing, not by sitting. And so I like that. And I think one of the one of the numbers that Corey Seidman tweeted out just before the game on Monday night, noting that um, Turner was entering play, hitting 260 with a 674 OPS. Well, on May 1st, a year ago, Turner was hitting 263 with a 690 <laughs> OPS. And then he ended up finishing the season at 298 with 39 doubles, 21 homers, 100 RBIs, and 27 steals. So um, this is not unprecedented. He he started off this way last year, and so I have every confidence he's going to figure it out. It's just a little frustrating right now, especially when he comes up in a big spot. But um, Trey Turner is uh, returning to Los Angeles, a uh, team he played for the last couple of years, and uh, Apparently got a nice uh, a nice video board tribute and a nice ovation from the crowd. And I think he's going to start picking things up here pretty soon, Liz. It, it seems to me like, you know, Trey Turner's not a guy who's going to hit 260 all year. He just isn't. So it's just a matter no. of us. We got to wait it out. Yeah, we all just got to be patient. I think we were all burned a little bit by Castellanos last year in that mm-hmm. we all said up through September. We just got to wait, yeah. guys. We got to wait for him yeah. to turn it on. Turns out we did have to wait an entire season. You know, we're, I think we all feel a little worried, um, especially after the World Baseball Classic. He did so well there, but we we just have to wait it out. It's been a month. He's played in a Phillies uniform for a month. A month. Yeah. So it's going to change. He's going to turn it around because the Phillies didn't sign a secretly bad player. They signed Trey Turner, who was an actually good player. <laughs> yeah. They did not sign any yeah. secretly bad players. That's not what they do anymore. No. Anymore. No, I don't think we're g- and I don't think we're going to get the MVP, Trey Turner. I mean, it's everybody. He was a very, very popular pick for MVP, and I think he's just started off too slowly. But although, you know, who knows? You know, you got five you months left know. if he if he goes on a rampage, he could certainly re-enter the conversation, re-enter the MVP chat, if you will, um, and uh, and 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 do it that way. So we'll see. But um, you know, it certainly sounds as though uh, I, I think he's going to get back on track. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And um, just a couple other things about finishing up the month of April. Uh, Brandon Marsh has the best OPS by a center fielder in the Phillies' first 29 games in 98 years with a 1065 OPS. <laughs> Only Cy Williams in 1923 and George Harper in 1925 had a better OPS as a center fielder in their team's first 29 games. So, um, so that's a fun little number there. Um, and I, they're going to erect a statue to Kevin Long somewhere, like before really the are. end of the season. Like I, he's he's done really good work. I mean, I I can't wait to see what more he does down the road. But he's done some exceptional work. Goodness, yeah. It's, I mean, I hope he doesn't ever want to be a manager. Like no. we will, I, and I think John Middleton, if you're listening, 
and I think he knows this because John Middleton's not a stupid man. He's Pay a regular Kim listener. <laughs> regular listener, big fan of the podcast, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> pay him whatever you need to keep him. Like, don't ever let him leave. Give, give him a piece of the team if you need to. Like, this guy this guy is something special. They know, uh, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you remember back in, like, the, the 07, 08, 09, 10, 11 Phillies when the offense started to get cold, like, in 2010, 2011, and, you know, they fired Milt Thompson, and then Greg Gross came on, and Greg Gross couldn't really get them started, and we just kept thinking, like, you know. We, this next guy's it. Coach? This next yeah, guy that we hire, we, he's going to fix it all. Well, and, and I remember some of the conversation we always had was, well, how much does a hitting coach really do? Oh, how God, much can yeah. a hitting coach really help? Well, I think we're starting to see a little bit of what a good hitting coach can do. A good one. And I don't want to – a good one can do. And he's he really is just helping these guys find something and unlock something that they haven't been able to unlock before. So it's yeah. – it's, we, we are dealing with a Phillies – coaching staff that actually makes players better and that is not something we could say two years ago shocking and strange we don't know what to do feels very weird um and yeah as we finish up april the pirates have the best record in the national league by the way at 20 and 9 i just think that is hysterical Uh, that is hysterical there's no other word for it like i continue to try and I i want to be happy about this but this should not be happening the fact that it is happening is bad news Do not well, reward the Pirates for their bad behavior. The team, like, it's not fair for me to think that because I want the players to do well and be happy because they can't. Like, imagine White Sox and A's players right now must just must be staring into the middle distance every single night on the on yep. the field. Yep. So I I want players to be happy, but the owner of the Pirates is terrible, and he spends yep. no money on his team, and this is a huge accident. And I'm so happy that they're doing well. But I don't know what I want to happen in the future. Because <laughs> right, saying that right. I want it to stop feels cruel. To the fan base, who yes. who really deserves it. Yeah. you know, And the players, you said, deserve it. They, they certainly do. And you want the fan base to have that excitement. Because that is a great baseball town. Yes. It's always been a great baseball town. They play in a gorgeous stadium. They deserve to have playoff baseball in Pittsburgh. And um, I I forgot. I was looking at the, you know, the Cardinals were the were the favorite to win that division. Did you do you know how how far back the Cardinals are in that division right now? They <laughs> are ten more. games behind the Pirates. <laughs> they are ten games out. All right. You know what? I I take all of that back. I'm actually thrilled <laughs> with this. Seeing the Cardinals, even even if it's just for a month or two, fall on their faces and be embarrassed, feels correct. Yes. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And right now, I think the Pirates are your friend. The Pirates have never... I'm sorry. The Pirates have to play in Major League Baseball to be our enemy. We'll see if that happens soon. Right, exactly. The uh, Cardinals have been our enemy of our enemy of everyone's enemy. They suck and no one likes them. (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly. They're the unpopular lunch table at school, for sure. Um, Yeah. All right, Liz. Uh, well, that's uh, anything else to, to, to mention? Any final thoughts uh, as we wrap up episode number 660 here of Hitting Season? Uh, as if everyone wasn't already excited enough about our tailgate this weekend, uh, I picked up uh, at a secondhand store, and I will give my husband, Sean, credit for uh, actually setting eyes on. No, no, that was me. What am I saying? That wasn't him. <laughs> he found something else in the secondhand store. This was me. I found this. It's a Phillies uh, person. It's a Yahtzee set 
it's a Phillies Yahtzee set branded with like the logo. You the jersey numbers are on the on the dice, and it's all in I'm a little so... baseball. That's going to be a door prize. You want that? Oh, Come man. to the tailgate. Put your name yes. in, and you could win that. Yes, absolutely. Found That's so cool. in a I'm, Baltimore I'm... secondhand store. I'm trying to picture this in my mind, uh, but uh, yeah, you got to come. You you got to come to the Hit and Season tailgate this Saturday uh, down at Citizens Bank Park. Again, it's going to be from 3 to 6.30 in the afternoon leading up to the Phillies-Red Sox game. Again, you don't have to have tickets to the game to come out to the lot. We're going to be at the Jetro lot, MN, um, and we'll have free food. We'll have free drinks. There'll be trivia questions there, and again, um, there'll be door prizes and stuff for people there as well, so we really want to see you out there, and you could win this Phillies Yahtzee set, among among other things. Oh, so yeah. We want you to come on out there. Have a good time. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to chat some Phil's baseball with you, and the other thing, too, is we're going to be talking to people while we're out there, and we'll do a whole podcast on on, on the tailgate as well, and uh, we'll get you on the podcast if you come out and, and see us, and uh, we'll get a chance to chat with you, so um, please do that, and please hit up our timeline again hit liz up on twitter at liz rocher or you can hit me up on twitter at john stolness and you can find the eventbrite um invitation and the link to get the free tickets and again free tickets free, free food free beer from evil genius beer free hoagies from nipotina free pizza from slice pizzeria and a chance and get to, to hear out. your voice here that's right. It's all those different things. Why would you not want to come out? So if you're in the area and you can come out, we would absolutely love to see you on Saturday. All right, everybody. Look, that's going to do it for this edition of Hit and Season. Uh, thank you, Liz, for joining me on the podcast here tonight. My and pleasure. Uh, again, absolutely. And uh, make sure that you are also checking out our Hit and Season Patreon, where we've got a brand new Dirty Inning up there for you as well. Uh, and we are continuing to post new episodes of Continued Success with Justin and Chris there as well. So make sure that you go to patreon.com slash hit and season to find all of the cool bonus material there as well. Uh, and you can also find all of our podcasts over at billypen.com slash hit and season make sure you check out that site for all of the write-ups we have for these podcasts where we actually give you some additional information there as well that's our landing page so go to billypen.com slash hit and season um, a couple times a week three times a week because that's how often we're doing these things thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time here on hit and season